1: From our motability team,
0: Macklin Motors Toyota is open now
1: at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio football show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's
0: go. Go.
2: Are big in Japan after the success of Kyogo, Hatate, and Maeda, and they've gone back to the J League for their latest signing. News of that coming up. Japan are big in Qatar, having this afternoon delivered the second big shock of this World Cup in the Middle East, and they've beaten four-time world champions Germany 24 hours after Saudi Arabia ripped up the script against another of the tournament favourites, Argentina. Uh, One match ongoing at the moment, halfway through, and Spain are three up against Costa Rica. So we'll be talking World Cup, we will be talking the vacancy at Ibrox, and we'll be talking, of course, about Celtic's latest signing. It's Rob McLean here on a Wednesday, and Andy Walker is here. Andy, how are you? I'm good, Rob,
3: and uh, it's good to be watching a, a lot of football. missing the Scottish stuff, but... Still able to see some uh, good stuff at the World Cup.
2: Yeah, missing the Scottish stuff, and also missing the fact that Scotland aren't there because <laughs> you can't help thinking that Scotland might have made a decent impact. Do you know,
3: it's still a bit raw. It's still a bit painful. I mean, I'd covered the Turkey Scotland game, and you know, when you look at the players that we have, you know, we could easily be performing, and as you say, performing well on the World Cup stage. So um, yeah, it's a great pity we didn't make it. But in the end, we didn't deserve to with that performance against Ukraine.
2: We've only really had three full days. Well, well, we haven't really had three full days yet, but it was Ecuador beating Qatar, the, the hosts on the opening night. Um, so in terms of four games a day, we're in the midst of number three. We've already had two massive shocks uh, and going along similar lines as well because um, Argentina were a goal up uh, before losing uh, mm. yesterday. Um, and the same thing happened to Germany today who looked as if they should be in control of that game but a uh, big credit to Japan for what they did and, and the celebrations were amazing, weren't they?
3: Yeah, fantastic. And I think it really helps uh, the World Cup get going when you see results like that. Saudi Arabia beating Argentina after the, the run that they'd been on. That was truly remarkable. And of course today Japan who have got good players and as we are uh, beginning to notice here in Scotland they've got a, a, a bit of quality. You see the lads that... Celtic performing really well, perhaps surprising uh, a lot of us with the the quality that they have. They're doing it on the international stage, and uh, what an astonishing result to to beat Germany.
2: It was strange to see uh, Dyson Maeda, uh starting in the central striking position, and no Kyogo in the squad at all. No Hatate in the squad either. Um, I found myself watching it, thinking, how can that be? Surely uh, Hatate is worth a place in the midfield selection. Surely. A Kyogo can get a place in at least the squad but on the back of beating Germany you can't really uh, take too many issues with the, with the squad selection
3: Yeah I think when you look at the way the Celtic players have performed I think you would put uh, Hatati arguably been Celtic's best player this season I think you've got a number of them I, I might opt for someone like Greg Taylor but you know you've got Hatati who's really good and uh, you know others have uh, performed to their best but uh, Maida has been in and out of the side, and there he is, first choice. And uh, just a bit unlucky, you know what he's like, 100 miles an hour, mm. get on the end of that cross, and he, he was clearly offside, but showing that he, he is a danger on the world stage as well.
2: I wonder if the, the fact that he was in the squad and Hatate and Kyogo weren't was maybe down to something, you know, historical, not 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 going way back, but recent history, in that when he came to Celtic, uh, he 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 came he'd come off a season in the J League in which he was joint top scorer. I think he'd scored 23 goals or something. So he's obviously got a big reputation in Japan and maybe more of a reputation over there, despite what Kyogo has done over here. Uh, apart from their ability on the ball, Rob, I think
3: the the thing that I admire about these Japanese players uh, coming is the way they've slotted into Scottish football. They fitted immediately. Their attitude is really good. Their I mean, they're individual players, of course, and they've got their, their own ability, but they are very much part of the team. The whole mantra about Ange Postacoglu and his, uh, you know, never-say-die attitude, their will to win, they never give up, they never stop. Um, I think you can see that in the, in the way that they play. And I think it's one of the major reasons they've been so successful in these early stages.
2: I wonder if a, a lot of the the reason for their success is down to the fact that Ange worked over there, lived over there, understood the culture, uh, and and that's enabled him to get them bedded in really quickly. I, I wonder if a lot of it is down to to his knowledge of the players and understanding of their background as well.
3: Yeah, I think you make a good point. And, uh, you know, I would... I would say that I would hold my hands up and say I didn't expect Japanese players, uh, the Australian players that we've seen at the World Cup to to be in Scotland and making such a, a really positive impact. Uh, we don't see a lot of Japanese league football or Australian league football. And the fact that they've slotted in so well at, at Celtic, you know, a number of them at Hearts and uh, Dundee United. And I think they've helped, um, you know, our league be a, a, a more competitive one there. They're certainly showing what they can do on on the world stage, and it's no surprise that Ange Postecoglou certainly has an eye for a player. And I think, uh, more importantly, Rob, he's he's got the ability. Ange Postecoglou can develop players that are already here. The only the one you need to to look at immediately is Anthony Ralston. Mm. He's turned him into an international player. Uh, his numbers for Celtic, his uh, the way that he plays now, I don't think anyone is. Is uh, you know perturbed about seeing Anthony Ralston start games for Celtic, whether it's him or Juranovic, I think you're pretty much getting the uh, the same level of performance.
2: And Greg Taylor is another one who's gone up levels, hasn't he? To the extent where I think you were just saying to me before the before the show that he'd probably be your top Celtic player this season so far. Yeah,
3: I think he's probably been the best of a, a number of them. I think you would put Hatati there. Obviously, Jota has come up with some. Uh, defining moments, game-changing moments, big moments, goals against Rangers, that sort of stuff. Abada is another one. And I think when you look through the Celtic squad, the reason, one of the reasons that they are nine points clear is the fact that uh, you've always got uh, a player very capable. If you're not doing it, you've got a player, uh, you know, pushing you for the the starting jersey. And I think that's one of the reasons Celtic will go on to to win the title. The, the depth of their squad, the strength of their squad, the quality in their squad. Uh I think um I think it's shown already to be a lot better than their their closest challengers.
2: It's Rob McLean, it's Andy Walker, it's the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday with Macklund Motors. Uh, and of course you know the number, 808 17 17 700. If you want to get in touch with us, make your point, who's gonna win the World Cup? What have you made of the, the big shocks with uh, Argentina and Germany both being beaten? early on, two of the fancied nations uh, going into it Uh, what do you make of those results and uh, who is your winner, who's going to come out on top uh, when it all ends uh, midway through next month, what about Rangers Uh, how do you feel about that announcement Monday uh, that meant the end for Giovanni van Bronckhorst as Rangers manager, was that the right call, was it the right time and who's going to take over, are the bookies right when they make Michael Beale odds on to come in as the replacement for Van Bronckhorst. He was here already, of course, as part of the Steven Gerrard management team. Um, Is going back to an old regime like that, the right way to go for Rangers. It does sound as if uh, things are moving in that direction. A blow for Rangers that uh, Tom Lawrence, uh, who's been out injured for a while, it sounds like he's going to be out until March. So there's going to be no speedy return uh, for one of the, the few, probably, and the uh, successful signings that Rangers made in the last window?
3: Yeah, I mean, you obviously have to feel for any manager who's uh, had to go without a number of, uh, you know, quality players. And that's what happened to Giovanni van Bronckhurst. I thought Tom Lawrence settled in pretty quickly at Rangers, was part of the, the team that got them Champions League football. And I've got to say, I feel for. Van Bronckhurst, I, I I think any manager that gets that Rangers side to a Europa League final, uh, beat Celtic in a semi final after being in the you know extra time on the the Thursday night, I thought he was a smart guy. I thought he was a clever coach, and um, I think the big problem possibly was that you know a lot of supporters had turned against him in in terms of the. The style of football they were watching, it was becoming uh, a bit of a slog, but uh, he was without a good number of players. And obviously, he carries the can for results. But, you know, Celtic have been relentless, they've been ruthless, they've been clinical. And, um, you know, nine point gap is, is painful for any Rangers supporter. But in all honesty, having witnessed games every week, I think it's a fair reflection of uh, the way the teams have played up until now.
2: And when things go wrong, of course, sometimes the fans are looking for a manager who's shouting and screaming and ranting and raving on the touchline and waving his arms around like windmills. Uh, And that wasn't the Giovanni van Bronckhorst style, was it? No, it wasn't. But uh, I think I listened to a number of
3: people saying that when he was doing really well beating Celtic, he wasn't doing that either. He was calm and he was composed and he was getting results. And of course he had players like uh, Bassi and Aribo and I think they helped Rangers be a better side. And I've never bought into this thing that you hear constantly from Ibrox that uh, they they put together the best squad uh, for a number of years at the start of the season. I know some of them have been injured, but I, I, I didn't see uh, the quality of replacement when you lost players of the calibre of Bassey and Aribo. I thought they were outstanding players. And they were also outstanding pieces of business mm. to get them in as cheap as they did to sell them for as much as they did, that's what big clubs should be doing uh, more often than not.
2: And of course, uh, there was that massive contrast, wasn't there, between the the, the business that Rangers did last time around, transfer-wise, uh, and what Celtic were able to do in a couple of windows um, and uh, find a team, find a squad, two players for every position, um, that was uh, good enough to, to win the the title and, and get into the, the Champions League and... Uh, uh, reduce Rangers to very much second best as we look up at the screen to see that Spain have scored a fourth goal against Costa Rica uh, just early second half in the World Cup we, we did wonder uh, going into this one whether they might, this could, might have shock written all over it as well it's a young Spanish team it's a team in transition Costa Rica have been known to produce some shock results but the, they won't be adding to that today that's for sure it is uh, 4-0 and the Spanish Andy looking really good Yeah, you're looking
3: for some... I mean, I thought England were really impressive in their demolition of Iran, which, you know, could have been a a really tough game for them. I thought Jude Bellingham looked uh, an outstanding talent. I'm sure he'll go on to do bigger and better things at this World Cup. Uh, England have looked good, France have looked good and, you know, looking at Spain, there's not even an hour gone yet and they've scored four goals against Costa Rica. So Luis Enrique,
2: no wonder he's leading the applause. Yeah, he's nineteen. Jude Bellingham, you mentioned him there. He was what a header uh, for the, for the opening goal for England against Iran. Um, and it just, but just his wh- whole performance. I mean, he, he was running the show, wasn't he, from the middle of the pitch? And he's yeah. only he's only nineteen. He's only nineteen, and
3: just that maturity in playing, as you say, in the middle of the pitch, sometimes a bit deeper than that, and obviously further forward where he can wreak havoc on defenses. And even the way he speaks and the way he handles the the constant media attention that he gets, it's a real tribute to him that uh, he handles it all so so well, so professionally. And uh, you know, speaks about the team all the time. He's obviously a huge talent, but uh, he's got a great deal of humility about him.
2: You wonder what he's capable of becoming, don't you? When he's got so much. A big time experience already he's not yet 20 yeah. uh, playing with Borussia Dortmund and um, l- looking like one one of their most experienced players in a way one of their most influential players
3: yeah I think when you look at England and some supreme talents I mean Grealish and Foden weren't playing from the start yeah. and uh, you've got Jude Bellingham who you you saw by the way he played that he, he deserved his place in the starting lineup. but England have got a really strong squad if they Keep all the the big players, their influential players, fit. I think they could go really far in the tournament.
2: If you look over your shoulder, the Saltire flag has just appeared <laughs> through the glass in the in the production officer. <laughs> if only uh, we were there. I ah, well, exactly. We'd uh, sort them out. I think I think James was hoping to be waving that flag in Qatar <laughs> uh, over the next few weeks, but uh, that wasn't to be. Um, but uh, let's hope that Scotland uh, can uh, get to the next European uh, Championships. There is the option, of course, of uh, the Nations League and the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. But hopefully Scotland can uh, qualify through the through the groups. And uh, yeah, as Andy and I were saying, uh, you do look at it at the moment, and you just wish that Scotland um, were there. Some other uh, Scottish club news. We're gonna we're gonna. To give ourselves a little bit more time to talk about it, we are going to deal with the headline news that we brought you right at the top of the show, that Celtic's latest Japanese uh, signing. But we'll talk on the other side of the break uh, about that. Um, But a real blow for Hibs announced today in that Martin Boyle, who of course has missed out on the World Cup with Australia, um, is now going to miss the rest of the season after undergoing knee surgery over in Qatar.
3: Huge blow. I mean, I was so impressed that Hibs managed to get him back and, of course, he made the immediate impact uh, with uh, goals at Easter Road. Uh, one against Rangers. Did he get one against Hearts as well?
2: I think he did. He, yeah, he did, um,
3: yeah. I mean, I think he's shown that he's a man for the big occasion mm. and, obviously, the Hibs fans were delighted to, to have him back. Doing your crusade ligament, I've... Unfortunately, I've got experience of that and uh, I was out for the best part of a year. When, maybe, when was that, Andy?
2: What point was that? Uh,
3: that was during my time at Bolton. Right. And um, uh, I was out for the best part of a year, but I think it took me maybe about 15, 16 months before I felt as though I was really back to the sharpness that I had before I got the injury. I just needed a lot of games. And uh, you need a bit of confidence just to roll with some of the challenges that that you get. Um, and I wish him well. I hope. I, I think now the uh, the treatment and the the surgery you get would would suggest that you come back maybe a bit quicker than than when I did it twenty odd years ago, thirty odd years ago. Um,
2: and it's the psychological side of things it must be as well I would imagine uh, once you're over the physical barriers and you, and you you get the surgery you go through all the rehab and, and all the rest of it but it's deal, it must be dealing with it mentally and, and having the confidence yeah. to, to I, do what you did before the injury
3: I, I was in a brace for the best part of 12 weeks mm. and when I came out of that brace I could not move my knee right or left and it was the idea of you know what it's like, just trying to control a ball, just trying to run, twisting and turning, and that, that was a big part of my game, receiving the ball with my back to goal, twisting and turning, going this way and that, and you start to think, God, oh, I can't, I can't even put weight eh, through this eh, joint, never mind control a ball or twisting and turning. So, as you say, having that confidence to get back into it, I hope his rehab goes really well. I'm sure he's got some really good people looking after him and. He's uh, he's been a big investment mm. uh, for him, so they'll, they'll want to get him back uh, very quickly. But that's a that's a long term injury, and they've been they've been ravaged by injuries to yeah. big players. i think thinking N- of Kevin Nisbet yeah, as well, exactly, who yeah. thankfully is close to getting back to full fitness. But they've really missed him and his goals.
2: I would imagine, Andy, that uh, just before we go to the break, the that that Hibs will get involved in the transfer market. They might have been going to do so anyway in January, but you would imagine they will do now because Martin Boyle is is the most dangerous attacking thing about Hibs. There may still be question marks about but even though he comes back, whether he might break down again. Uh, But Martin, Martin Boyle, in a sense, is irreplaceable, I suppose, for the money that Hibs have got because of what he does.
3: Yeah, and I think it will be an interesting window as well, just to see if they'll manage to keep a hold of Ryan Porteous. Mm-hmm. He has now made his Scotland debut. looked looked an international player when uh, he played his his one and only cap. I thought it was a really good uh, performance, and uh, he's someone I think who can uh, play a a richer club, a richer league, um, and it will be interesting to see if there's anyone you know interested in taking him. But you're right to to have lost Nisbet. For so long, and now that he's just about to come back, you thought he might get involved with Martin Boyle, but uh, a real blow to Hibbs to to lose uh, Boyle's ability just to put the opposition on the back foot. He's got so much pace that, you know, so many opposition defenders give themselves a yard or two. They, they drop deep knowing that Boyle can can get in behind, and it's just his presence sometimes that manages to get Hibbs up the pitch, so I think they'll
2: really miss him. It's Andy Walker with Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday. Uh, Spain 4, Costa Rica 0 at the World Cup, just over an hour gone. In that game, that's on the back of Japan having come back from a goal down to beat Germany. Another big shock uh, in Qatar. We're talking Rangers, of course, and the continuing search for a replacement for Giovanni van Bronckhorst. And we're talking Celtic on the other side of the break, too. Their latest signing announced today the 22 year old Japanese left sided central defender, Yuki Kobayashi.
1: Football show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland.
0: Let's go! go.
2: It's Rob McLean and Andy Walker on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors on a Wednesday evening. Uh, the World Cup goes on and on. How are you enjoying this diet of uh, four games a day, Andy? How, how many are you managing?
3: Uh, I'm not getting them all in. I'm getting as much as I can, but uh, yeah, picking and choosing the games—it's it's, uh, always a good option.
2: I've got this vision of you on the on the couch with the <laughs> with a glass of champagne and and Carol coming in with a tray of food every so often. Is that accurate?
3: Uh, well, if she doesn't, uh, she gets a bit of a row. <laughs> and she does try her best so I'm hoping there'll be something prepared when I go home tonight
2: if you're listening Carol <laughs> you've been told uh, so we're talking World Cup uh, we're looking at all the various happenings both on and off the pitch because uh, well there's plenty going on off the pitch in addition to a couple of massive shocks already Argentina and Germany both beaten at the hands of uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, today it was Japan uh, to, who took care of the four-time winners, uh, Germany. That was a shock for Hansi Flick and co. Uh, we're talking Celtic and their latest uh, Japanese recruit. We'll be on that shortly. And, of course, we're talking Rangers. What do you think about the, the sacking on Monday of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? course? And if they were going to sack him, could it have been the previous Monday um, on the back of the end uh, of Scottish football for the break uh, for the World Cup and what about a replacement who do you fancy who is a realistic choice uh, for Rangers to replace Van Bronckhorst uh, let's, let's talk let's talk to uh, Rangers fan Tarek hi Tarek good evening
4: on good evening, Andy and I'm uh, oh, sorry I forgot your name I'm it's gone it's gone it's
2: gone for me as well yes Rob yeah Rob, sorry,
4: pardon me. It's because of this MS. I've I've, I've had memory. But what I was going to say is I've got a couple of points to make this evening. The first point is I'm absolutely devastated that the board had the... They had the, you know, like... uh, The cheek sack Giovanni Van Bronkers. I think it's ridiculous. He hasn't done anything wrong. Number one. I, I, I totally get it. A lot of fans... As, as, a, as a result uh, in business of football but he was doing okay and he had a lot of injuries and you know players were coming back and I I still believe to this day that all the signings that came in were not totally 100% his it was more to do with Ross Wilson, mm. and I basically think that it's time for Douglas part to hand back control of Rangers the guy handed control to him and that is, uh, what would you call him? Dave King. Dave King.
2: Yes, guess that's right, yeah. like, sorry. Yeah, but Tarek, when you say that nothing's gone wrong for Van Bronckhorst, what about 60 defeats out of six in the Champions League setting a record for the worst ever group stage performance? And, and what about the nine point lead that Celtic have got in the Premiership at the moment that many Rangers fans are admitting is, is too big a, a margin already to be able to come back?
4: Well, to, to begin with, uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's a record, isn't it? The, the, the Champions League, Champions League, it's like high quality football and we're never going to get any uh, bubble against these teams anyway. Okay, we did get a wee bit but I'm, I'm a Rangers fan. I believed that we'd beat, we'd win. I thought we'd win against Liverpool. I thought Ryan Kent would come great for us that night because he was at Liverpool. But it didn't happen. And at the end of the day, uh, they were bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, mm. uh, you
2: know, like. Uh, what do you think? Two, what do you, let's, mean... let's let's get let's get Andy's thoughts then, Andy Walker, um, on Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Tarek, there saying he, he didn't really see the need to get rid of van Bronckhorst.
3: I think it highlights Tarek that uh, management is brutal, and all, all I would say is the Ranger supporters that I know that have season tickets, they weren't enjoying the football. They thought it was a bit of a slog. They thought it was a bit of a grind. Uh, the results, obviously, in the Champions League were, were were painful. They were embarrassing. Maybe more importantly, closer to home, the 4-0 defeat to Celtic was just um, too heavy. It was too much. And uh, Celtic look like a club who've got a good structure. They've got a good manager in place. They've got a style of football that the supporters absolutely love. And I think that's the big difference. You've got every... Uh Celtic supporter coming out of the Champions League and and Celtic um, uh, lost a few games there as well. But I think Celtic supporters are buying into what Ange Postecoglou is trying to sell them. We can compete at this level, and I think he, he he made a bit of a mistake after the Ajax game with his, you know, his language that uh, you know Rangers can't compete at this level. You can always you can always compete against the best and do better. Certainly, the 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 Rangers results. I think they should be able to uh, have done better. But I think closer to home, when you've got season ticket holders struggling to enjoy the football, I think that's always a, a a good gauge of how well the the manager is doing, how well he's been received. Of course, you need a bit of understanding that you've got a lot of injuries. But uh, I wonder what you think, Tarek, of the the style of football that was being served up when you went to to watch Rangers.
4: Well, to be honest with you, I've the uh, you know, I I I, I would not say that I'm not a season ticket holder and I've got ai I would call it neuro you call what do you call it, neurological, uh, you call it uh, condition. And uh, I went to the last game I actually went to was uh Livingston Rangers v. Livingston. I I am there with Livingston. I've been all over the Europe watching Rangers, I've been to Munich, I've been to uh Al. I've had some great journeys in, in, in football, but because of this condition, if somebody just pushes me with a pinky, I'll fall down. You know, so, yeah. football matches are more like a thing that I can really say that I'd be, be confident in going to. But what I'll say is, yes, I totally get it with the fans that they were saying that the style of football was the, that there was a lot of injuries. And like, you know, he was trying his best with what he had, what he had available to him. To so still play a, a attractive style of football, and I was just waiting myself personally, just to provide data it to click. And all I'll say, I'll say it right now, is that we still got three games to go against Celtic. I can assure you, there's no danger that Celtic will win three them, because everybody's talking about they're playing this great football, but. Yeah, I totally get there playing good, exciting football. The fans are enjoying it. But I can assure you, Rangers have definitely at least beaten once, if not twice, if not the next three times.
3: Well, it's the type of confidence I would expect of uh, any Rangers fan, Tarek. But now that the change has been made, uh, who, who do you think might be a good replacement for them, given that they're unsure about how much they have to spend? And they're still waiting on big players coming back from injury
4: Well, to be honest with you The only person that I'll take any consolation in Is uh, what's his name again, the QPR manager uh,
2: Michael Bale uh,
4: Yeah, he's the only one Because let me tell you is, is His style of football and his philosophy And the way that he actually gets into people's brains And he, he gets his message right across so I'll be. I'll, I'll, I'm not saying I'm, I'm totally happy with what happened to Giovanni Van Brokers. I think it was absolutely disgusting. It it's disgusting what they've done to the hang. They basically put on the line and they hang up to dry. You know, and I I would be happy if he came in and as it'd sort of give me a bit of comfort because I know that we would be moving forward. Yeah. Before we move forward. We kind of take steps backwards. And the only way to move forward is first and foremost, change a board, Kevin needs to come in, the fans need to take control of the club. And then we will even, you know, like having these uh, headaches, you know, like listening to your chairman, you not know, coming out and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I don't get it all. I really don't. It's a football club, you know. It's not a, yeah. It's not like a big, a big company, you know. It's a football club. It's meant to be, be producing... Football in the park.
2: with eleven players. Tarek, thank you. Um, Thanks for your call. Um, we're going to get to to Jim and Aberfoyle in a in a sec. Uh, that was Tarek who wants a change at the top of Rangers and he fancies Michael Beale as a replacement, but he didn't want rid of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in the first place. Uh, so thanks for getting in touch with us, 0808 17, 17 700 if you want to have your say. Spain have just gone 5-0 up um, against Costa Rica, so they're doing it in style. That's 15 minutes to go, plus the usual 25 minutes of stoppage time, so there's probably a fair bit left for Spain to score even more in that game. Uh, let's talk to Jim and Aberfoyle. Hi, Jim. Hi Jim. Hello Jim. Are you there? uh we'll 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 get uh, we'll get Jim back. We could yeah, hear the, the background there, but uh Is
3: Jim agreeing with Tarek about the, the Ranger situation or
2: Well we'll we'll get to him shortly but uh, I think I think he's gonna be talking about somebody else that he would he would fancy um as Jim are you there? Yeah, I'm Sylvia. Hi, Jim. Good to hear from you. Um, f- firstly, um, I, I don't, did, I don't know if you heard Tarek there, the, our previous caller, but but he he basically didn't see the reason to get rid of Van Bronckhorst. What did you think? Well,
5: I I, w- I would have kept Van, Van Bronckhorst until at least the winter break, but he's gone now. Do you do you, th- I,
2: I do, think, do you think, do you think, Jim, do you think that's a popular opinion among Rangers fans? That that what, what would you th- th- some what, some what would you think some, is the percentage that would have kept him?
5: I think it'll be 45-55 to, to to actually get I think 55% of the Rangers fans wanted them gone.
2: Right. But it was quite a split. Um, I'm,
5: I'm, I'm, I think it was a split. But I think Ross Wilson with Morales and Kent hadn't signed contracts last summer should have been sold. Ross Wilson we can't, Rangers can't afford to let that amount of money's worth of talent walk out the door. So if they don't re-sign contracts, he should be sacked on the spot. And plus the fact, as a managerial, I don't think we should take chances on the else. There's a man out there who has done it for us before and would do it again. Is Alec McLeish and bring Barry Ferguson in and he's number two. Do you,
2: well, do, you think, do you think Rangers would be able to deal with Go Radio for that for that for the transfer for for Barry? Uh, uh, that that you, might be quite you, you might be might, quite a fee, Jim. It
5: might, it might, they might just struggle with Barry's severance pay. There, I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, what about but, that? What about that, Andy? Alec McLeish and Barry as a, a managerial team.
5: I don't see
3: Alec coming back into to football at any level. I think he's done his uh, stint and been successful here, there, and everywhere, including the the uh, the national team. But I think you make a really good point, Jim, about Morelos and Kent. Um, I think the lack of professionalism from Morelos. I think it's been awful. I think he's let his manager down. I think he's let his teammates down. And this is a guy who was a top-class player. When you look at his condition when he was in top form, scoring goals every week in the top flight of Scottish football, scoring goals in practically every European occasion, and yes, attracting a, a lot of interest from from other clubs. I know there was a time where he, I think he had agreed to go to to Leo, but the clubs couldn't agree a fee, so that fell through. But the idea of losing him for for nothing, as well as Ryan Kent, it's um I think it's poor management, poor management decisions.
2: I think you make a Jim a really good point though about that important time at a football club when a player goes into the final year of his contract and you've got a decision to make at that point. Are you going to cash in? Or are you going to gamble on the fact that within that 12 months you're going to get them to extend their deal? Because if you don't, as you say, you've got the likes of Kent Morales who, looking not so very far back, would both have commanded a sizeable transfer fee. Uh, they're going for an out.
5: Yeah. Well, there, there was a had said he would not extend his contract. They sold him. Yeah. Get 10 million for him or whatever. Yeah. Still get good money from what, for what they paid for him. And they should have done the exact same. If you, if you take Kent's wages plus his transfer fee, it's over 10 million. Yeah. You know, so... How, well, how these, can these business
3: report- decisions have to be made, Jim. And the, the, the trick is that you get uh, Bassey and Aribo and maybe Nathan Pat- Patterson out and you get really good money for them. The trick is to go and get players like them for for uh, cheap money, fatten them up and
2: sell them on. And the problem, Andy, is that you set the bar for yourself, don't you? When you get an Arebo in, you get a Bassi in, you get a Kamara in. They've all come in for next to nothing. Um, you're you're going to get a lot of football value on the pitch out of them, and then a, a good fee when they go as well. When you do that, the fans expect you to do it again.
3: Yeah, I think Arebo and Bassi were good players. I think they were well coached. Um, during their time at Ibrooks to a standard where they were obviously able to uh, attract big money moves for themselves and for Rangers and that's what you need to do with. I-, I think Jim's right you need to do it with Morelos and you need to do it with Kent there may be an argument the Rangers might not have won the title a couple of years ago without uh, those two but um, I mean that was a while back you could still have uh, gotten a lot more money for them than it looks likely that both players, I mean, they're, they're, they're able to sign for clubs in, what, six weeks or so. I, I know they've still got the option of uh, a bit like Conor Goldson. You know, he can run it right to to the death and then uh, choose to re-sign for the club. But that is, uh, that's is—that's a big gamble, especially with think, a change of manager. I think
5: Conor Goldson just didn't get a better offer somewhere else. Well, maybe these that's players won't decided. get a better
3: offer, but... I imagine someone will take a chance on Ryan Kent if he's available but for practically nothing. You,
5: you also mentioned another player that hasn't pulled his weight this season is Kamara. He's
2: yeah. been a shadow of his former self. He has indeed, because he was a real—he was a big player for Stephen Gerrard, wasn't he?
5: Yeah, and and he's not been out injured the same as Morelis was. Morelis was injured for four or five months. And why he didn't get games in the B team to get his fitness up, why not? They were saying he wasn't fit and all the rest. Well, why yeah. have him on the bench? Why not put him in the B team, get his fitness up get
2: Matt up, then play him yeah he's, he's been a big loss Almost, you're almost missing a player because he was so effective uh, previously Jim thanks for your call good to have you on the show take care of yourself thank you very much right, thanks, cheers Jim, Bye Jim and, and Arbor Foyle, who made a very I mean I don't know if you're surprised about that Andy but he reckons the percentage is not far off 50-50 in terms of Rangers fans wanting to keep Van Bronckhorst or wanting to get rid of him does, does that surprise you?
3: Uh, I would never uh, confess to knowing what's uh, having my finger (laughs) on the pulse of uh, the majority of Rangers fans. But I do speak to former Rangers players who maybe have a better idea than I have. I've got some friends who are season ticket holders. And all I can say is that they're all saying the same thing. The football they've been watching this season has been pretty poor. Results haven't been great Yeah, there's a nine-point gap and uh, some of them will take into consideration the amount of injuries to key players that might have made a difference. But the fact is the change has been made and I think all eyes uh, now are on who makes the decision to uh, bring the new man in and how much will he have to to spend? You'd imagine he'll be in for the the Hibs game mid-December. Does he have any money to spend... In the January window, we're, we're just uh, learning that Rangers are potentially being sued by Hummel for millions of pounds uh, about something that went on years ago. So that is something that we'll have to uh, to play out in the background that that uh, could possibly affect um, a new manager and his his ability to come in and do business.
2: Maybe more questions than answers. Rangers are looking for a new gaffer. You would imagine it's got to happen pretty soon. Uh, some would say it should have happened already. And Celtic are back in the transfer market and back in the Japanese transfer market. Uh, Yuki. Kobayashi, the 22-year-old left-sided central defender, has signed a five-year deal.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! go, go,
0: go, go,
2: go, go, go. Well, Celtic are back in the transfer market and maybe with immaculate timing as well because on the day that uh, Japan beat Germany coming back from a goal down at the World Cup, uh, to win and the celebrations were spectacular uh, Celtic are back into the Japanese market again they've signed four players already we haven't seen too much of Hiriguchi but certainly the other three Kyoko Hitate and Maida uh, have all made a big impact so there'll be plenty uh, positivity about the hiring of Yuki uh, Kobayashi he's agreed to join Celtic from Vissel Kobe on a five year contract he's 22 he's uh, represented his country at under 20 level Um, and he joins up with that Japanese contingent uh, in Lennox at the training ground and at Celtic Park. He'll join the squad on the 1st of December, registered to play in January. Uh, he's quoted on the Celtic website as saying, I know that Celtic over so many years have such a brilliant track record of success and I now want to play my part in bringing more great moments to the club and our fans. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, who of course uh, was previously with uh, Yokohama in the J League, he said, uh, I can't wait to work with him. Um, I would like to... No, in fact, uh, his quote, Ange Postkoglu, is uh, Yuki is someone that we've been following for a while and it was a great opportunity to bring him in. He's a left-sided centre-back and they're hard to find. He's at a really good age uh, where he's already had some great experience but with great potential ahead of him. Um, Well, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly uh, he makes an impact. He's available in January to play, it seems, Andy? Uh, they've already, of course, in addition to Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's a, I guess a stick-on for one of the central defensive positions, uh, they've already they've got Moritz Jens uh, and they've got Karl Starfelt and then they've, they've got Yuki Kobayashi uh, as well. It's going to be interesting to see how they are utilised.
3: And I think it also highlights how difficult it is for a young Scottish guy to make his name at Celtic. I mean, Stephen Welsh came in, played a lot of good football for Celtic, but... Maybe get bullied a wee bit at uh, St Mirren when they lost 2-0. Um, but has played really well, got the first goal of the season, I think. Uh, he did guess, against Aberdeen, yeah. Yep. But that just shows you how difficult it is to, to make an impact. I know there was a bit of interest in in, in Stephen Welsh before the end of the last uh, window. You wonder whether he'll be prepared to to fight for his place or whether you know Celtic want to do some business themselves, get one in. And be uh, you know be a, uh, amenable to to getting someone out the door because it's
2: going to Steve, be difficult, isn't it? If you've got f- those four, the first four in yeah. the pecking order, fit and ready, then he ain't got a look in. Well, he's not even going to get on the bench potentially.
3: Yeah, and the, you, you look at his age, and uh, you know he's young enough to be playing at a, a really good level and to be playing every week. Uh, I know the attraction of playing with Celtic, but. It's no fun if you're on the sidelines and just being part of a big squad. You want to play. And I think Steven Welsh is a player that can get better. So he's one who might have to think about his future. But I agree with you, Rob. I think it's Cameron Carter-Vickers who has really excelled. His leadership has been absolutely terrific defensively for Celtic. And it's it's him and one other. And as, as you say, with Starfelt and Jens and now Kobayashi, um, it's a strong defensive uh, partnership that Ange Postecoglou can can look for there. Any any two from four.
2: We did suggest that there was plenty of time for Spain to score again, and they have done. Uh, England scored six against Iran, but they conceded two. At six without reply against Costa Rica now for Spain, and they are making waves today. You would imagine in the tournament, um, with a massive win, um, and they they are just scoring goals for fun. They're about to go into eight minutes of stoppage time at the end of the 90, uh, so every chance that six could become seven or even eight, um, this is impressive, isn't
3: it? It is really impressive. Uh, Spain are always a joy to watch. I just wonder if this new take that they've got on actual playing time with the ball and actual play, you wonder if that will find its way to Scotland. I know we haven't handled the early stages of... The video assistant referee... It's been fun. It's certainly (laughs) been uh, created a lot of talking points, but Mm. I wonder if we'll get uh, more and more time added on, uh, like the World Cup is doing in the early stages, actual playing time Mm. with the ball in play.
2: Well, I mean, if, if, if FIFA are introducing it, and, and it seems to be being pretty broadly welcomed, doesn't it? That that you're getting more football time. It's giving fans more value, isn't it? Because uh, normally in a 90 minutes plus three or whatever, uh, how often is the ball in play? How many delays, disruptions are there and all the rest of it? This this gives a bit more value, doesn't it? When you're playing about 120 minutes sometimes.
3: Yeah, and you obviously see players who are professional and uh, you know taking one for the team and going down with a, a, a bit of cramp when they you know they could stand up they just want to kill a bit of time and obviously that eats away into the the normal place so uh, i'm with you uh, if they if they're going to bring it into to to Scotland as long as you can get some sort of uh understanding some sort of clarity some sort of reasoning as to what the 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 number is then I, i'm all for it
2: yeah, uh, something positive from FIFA. Let's frame it, um, because all sorts of question marks, of course, about this World Cup going to Qatar in the first place. Uh, and they haven't gone away, that's for sure. Um, and what's got a sour taste to it, I think, is the the gagging that seems to be, be going on where teams and players aren't really being allowed to express themselves in terms of what they feel about happens off the pitch. Uh, yeah, I, and around, around Qatar. And of course, with that team picture of the Germans today yeah. with their hands over their mouths, effectively saying, we're not being allowed to say what we want because obviously the, the captains have been stopped from wearing the One Love armband.
3: I feel for the players who have been under a bit of pressure to so, uh, show some sort of solidarity when really their focus, I think, should be on the football. I think it's up to the, the football associations to, to take a really... A strong stance on the message that the the players are obviously uh, they're they're all behind it. The inclusivity, the um, the acceptance of of any person to to go and uh, support uh, their team. I think that's that's pretty universal. I mean, it should never have been in Qatar in the first place, but that decision was made so long ago, uh, and uh, you know I think we'll see more and more. Uh, protests uh, of some description before the tournament's uh, over
2: what have you made of the the various uh, VAR decisions during the course of it so far Andy Uh, some pretty lengthy spells deciding um, on sometimes decisions which actually look to the naked eye on the first impression is pretty clear cut Um, and the handball handball in the box and and holding in the box are Mm -hmm. two incidents two types of incidents that still seem pretty cloudy
3: no consistency on that. And I think uh, the the VAR could have sent a message in the early part of the stadium when England were playing and it looked an absolute stonewall penalty uh, on Harry Maguire. But uh, other penalties have been given for for less obvious uh, offences and they could have made a, a statement then. Um, but it's not been used a great deal. And, uh, you know, I think VAR is always more useful the, the less uh, often it's used only for... Absolutely outrageous uh, decisions. I mean, we we seem to be going looking for controversy here in Scotland. I know it's the early weeks of uh, the video assistant referee, but I don't think it's been a, a good introduction to Scottish football at all.
2: It's been the World Cup of Shocks, I guess, so far, because we're only really three days into it. Um, and we've had uh, shock defeats for both Argentina and Germany of course Spain have got are, are in in the process of getting the job done in fact they have made it they've just made it they have made it 7-0 uh, inside stoppage time so there'll be lots of people uh, thumbing through the record books at the moment uh, to work out what the biggest win is in, in the early stages of, of, a, of a World Cup but certainly it's a I a... seem
3: to remember a 9 yeah. my first World Cup uh-huh. 74 was that mm. Was that Yugoslavia or Brazil against Zaire? Ah uh, yeah,
2: that's that, uh, uh,
3: that was that was a young pup at that stage. Yeah, well, you and must think, you must have been Andy. I, I think there was a nine. Um, yeah. and Germany, did they not get a big number against was, Saudi some years ago?
2: Yeah. hey you you're good. You are good. Nine. I'm hearing the wheels <laughs> turning inside your head at the moment. <laughs> but uh no, that nine nil against Zaire certainly certainly rings a bell. What about a winner? Uh who's your who's your winner?
3: Uh, just with my boys who are all watching the football, I thought Brazil might win it before a ball is kicked. We well, haven't seen them play yet, uh, of course, but um, yeah, it's always going to hot up once you get to the knockout phase where the, the games are going to be tight, they're going to be close. And uh, certainly Spain have started really well. Seven goals is a terrific achievement.
2: Andy, thank you so much Pleasure, uh, Rob, for Good the to last see you. hour and you too uh, thank you for your calls as well thanks for uh, driving the discussion as you regularly do on the show uh, 7-0 still not finished either at the World Cup for Spain against Croatia after Japan beat Germany early on we are back tomorrow night with another hour of football chat it is Paul Cooney and Mark Guidi live at 5
1: The Go 80- football show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland.
0: Let's go!